We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Redemption Church with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers. I want to thank you all for being people of prayer, praying for our family with all we've been going through with sickness and continuing to lift up others that are going through uh, sickness also. Thank you so much. We are wonderfully feeling so much better, and we're so thankful for it. What what we've been going through lately is just uh, the, uh, the the cough that comes with it, trying to get through that. And I'm doing my best to be able to sing and preach to you today. So please bear with me and preach with me. Welcome, everybody, to Redemption Church in Plano, Texas. My name is Chris Blewett, and I'm so glad that you are here with us tonight. To all our online friends, whatever needs you have, please let us know what those needs are. We're going to pray and we're going to believe God for answers. Please make them known to us. We'll pray over them as soon as we read them. Everybody watching online, please go ahead and leave a comment. Let us know what your prayer request is. We are going to pray for you. We are in the fourth week of our sermon series called Without, Without. In week one, we told you without Jesus, nothing. Jesus himself said that we can do nothing without Jesus. In week two, we told you without faith, impossible. It is impossible to please God without faith. In week three, we told you without knowledge, perish. There is a godly knowledge that you cannot do without. And in week four, last week, we told you without love, meaningless. Without love, the Bible says very clearly, we're just a bunch of noise. It says that we are just gongs and cymbals that sound and signify nothing. Without love, we're just a bunch of noise. Please have your Bibles with me, whether it's one of these analog versions or it is your phone. Please turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 3 this evening. Love it when we're in the habit of turning to Scripture. If you aren't able to do that, we will have the Scriptures on screen for you. We just love to share the Word of God. I had this sermon series uh, planned out through a lot of study and a lot of prayer, and I felt on Friday the Lord, in just a moment, I just felt the Lord really grab my heart. I don't know if you understand what that's like. Just a really sweet touch his grace and it just centers in your emotion and it won't hardly let you go have you ever had the lord grab your heart in such a way it will it will bring you to tears it will cause you to forgive your enemy when the lord grabs a hold of your heart things change and uh, i have learned that when he grabs a hold of my heart he has absolute permission to change everything. That my prayer tonight is that he would grab your heart and that he would change everything. Can you say that in your heart right now? Lord, I want you to grab a hold of this heart and I want you to change it for your glory. I believe I have a message straight from the Lord. And just as importantly, I believe I have a message that brings blessing, glory, and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. Can we clap our hands to the Lord in this place? Lord, this is us glorifying you. 
be reading quite a bit, Acts chapter 3, beginning right at verse 1. Acts 3, verse 1. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple court. Verse 3, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. Verse 5, so the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Verse 6, then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet. He began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple court, walking and jumping, praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, They recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. They were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Verse 11, while the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished, came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, want you to notice, nobody asked him to preach. He saw the opportunity. There is no angel here that taps him on the shoulder and says, hey, get in there, preach something. Now what happens? He sees the people. When people started running, he knew immediately, I need to preach. Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? Verse 13, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant, Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. Verse 14, you disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith, in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that that has completely healed him as you can all see. Will you pray with me? Father, thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you, God, for speaking to us tonight. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that your word makes the difference. Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord, we pray, Lord, that your word would continue to speak to us and minister to us and do miracles among us in the name of Jesus, we pray. Come on one more time. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Somebody clap your hands in this place to the Lord. We thank you, God. Today, I desire to uh, 
to entitle this sermon, Without the Name of Jesus. Without the Name of Jesus. In Acts 3, there was a man. He was a lame man. And he was laying by a gate to the temple of God. The name of the gate was known as, anybody remember? Beautiful. They just called the gate beautiful. As we read, the lame man was begging for money. He was begging for food. He was going without. He was begging. As we read, Peter and John looked straight at the begging disabled man. Acts chapter 3, verse 4, Peter looked straight at him as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. I want you to notice the straightforward intention of these Jesus followers. They looked where? Straight at the man. They looked him straight in the eye. Oh, I don't know about you, but it can get kind of awkward when you're around somebody you don't know. It can even be more awkward when you run into somebody that is in trouble and you know they need your help. You know that they need something from you. When you are driving up to the intersections, you see this quite often, and your eyes often look away from the person in need. Let's get real, that when these situations come up, sometimes we look away, sometimes in shame that we do not have it in us to give, whether it is financial or whether it is time or whether it is the energy or the faith. To help them. But Peter and John, they looked exactly at the man. Obviously, the man was not looking at them because Peter had to say these words look at us. Now we have this awkward situation. They're looking straight at him, but he's not looking at them. And so he, he says very clearly, Peter, at this man, he says, look at us. Church of Jesus, we need to stop looking away. Church of Jesus Christ, when we are in the middle of a needful situation, we need to look right at the need. Not only that, we need to have the bravery to not only look at them, but to tell them, look at us. Look at us. We are people of Jesus, and we need the whole world to look at us so that we can tell them the gospel message of our Lord Jesus Christ. We need to stop looking away. I know it's easier to look away. We need to look directly at our city. We need to look directly at our neighborhood. We need to look directly at our family. We need an excuse me, but I need your attention kind of boldness, the boldness that should show up in Jesus Christ followers like it showed up in Peter and John. Everybody at home, y'all preaching with me. I hope you are. Acts 3, verse 6, Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name. What name? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. Peter says the most important thing right here. When he says, look at us, that's not what's nearly important. But when he says, in the name of Jesus Christ, that's the most important thing. 
That is the most important thing he says in this altercation, in this intersection of disciples and people in need. The most important thing we can utter is the following, in the name of Jesus Christ. Do you feel that way? Do you believe that with me today? People were astonished when they saw the disabled beggar walking, jumping, and praising God. The people at the temple were astonished, and Peter begins to preach to them. What does he preach to them? It's not a what, but it's a who that he preaches to them. He preaches to them Jesus Christ. He sees a group of people running, and he realizes this is the opportunity, and he presents Jesus to them. A few moments ago, he was seeing a blind man, and he brought Jesus to the blind man, to the lame man, rather, sorry. And now he is in the temple, and they are running to him, and now he is bringing that very same Jesus to the people in the temple. Peter declares in Acts chapter 3, verse 12, that it was not Peter and John's power and godliness that made the lame man walk. Why is everybody there? There is a lame man who's no longer lame. There is a beggar who's no longer begging. There is a man who couldn't make it inside the temple, but now he's in the temple, and he's walking, and he's jumping, and he's praising God. The whole thing that is drawing everybody's eye at this moment is the man who used to be lame. What do you think they're thinking? Kathy, what do you think they're thinking about this man? They want to know, how did this happen? Wait a second. This is the guy we pass at that beautiful gate over there every day. Some of them have helped this man with a little bit of money, but they have all seen this man. Some of them didn't help the man with money. They looked away and kept walking. But now what they want to know is what happened. Can you say those words, what happened? What happened to this man who was lame at the gate? Beautiful. Too often when we see a miracle, we think we know what happened. I'll tell you what a lot of us think when we see a miracle happen. We think these words, wow, whoever prayed must have been really powerful. We think whoever prayed must have been holy. We think whoever prayed must be the best kind of preacher or the pastor there is. And Peter clearly tells us we should never think this way. We read it. I want you to get it in your heart. We, we looked in the Word of God, and Peter says to that crowd that we should not think that it is our power that healed the man, or that is our holiness and our righteousness that made the difference in the man. Here is why the miracle happened. We'll look at it again. Acts 3, verse 16. By faith, in the name of Jesus. This man whom you see and know was made 
strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him as you can all see. Peter says it, and he says it so boldly. We need to receive that today. I want to tell you, some of you think the miracle will not happen because you are not powerful enough. That is not what Peter would have you believe. Some of you think that the miracle won't happen because you're not holy enough. Here are two apostles. They could have pointed to their own exploits in the Lord. They could have pointed to their years walking with the Lord. They could have pointed to the fact that they are trying to live sinless lives, but they do not point to any fat. They throw that to the side, and it is time for the church of Jesus Christ to do the same. It is not your power that brings the miracle. It is not your holiness that brings the miracle. There is nothing inside of you that brings the miracle. Rather, what brings the miracle? We got to have it, and we got to know what it is. Here it is. I'm going to tell it to you. It is the name of Jesus being present. Somebody say it. It is the name of Jesus being present. Peter walks up, and he makes the name of Jesus Christ present. And it's not just that. It is faith in the name of Jesus that is also present. He says this, because faith in the name of Jesus is present. That's why the miracle happened. It is the name of Jesus, and it is faith in the name of Jesus that has made a lame man walk, a lame man jump, and a lame man praise the Lord. That is why the miracle took place. Can I tell you, that is still why the miracle takes place. There could be a miracle in your life right now, and it's based on two things. The name of Jesus being present and faith in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ being present. That is what makes the difference. Without the name of Jesus, no miracle. Can you say no miracle? Without his name, there is no miracle. I'm telling you, I have seen miracles take place, but I've never seen a miracle take place without the name of Jesus. I've seen people healed. I've seen people come back from the dead. I've seen it, but only through the name of Jesus. I've never seen it without the name of Jesus. My friend, Pastor David Fuller, a pulmonary embolism, he was basically a vegetable. They said he was dead and could not come back. He was brain dead. It was only a matter of time until the family decided to take him off breathing apparatus and he would be buried not long after. That's what they said. But somebody showed up and they made the name of Jesus present and they had a faith in the name of Jesus and they made that present as well. And he is still pastoring. He is still preaching today because the miracle is in the name of Jesus and faith in that wonderful name. Acts chapter 3, that lame man without the name of Jesus, that man would still be lying in his condition. He came very as close to as, as he could to the temple every day. He, he could not go beyond the gate. Lame people were not allowed beyond the gate. 
in the temple of the Lord. He went as far as he could every day. He saw priests pass him. He saw believers pass him. He heard the prayers coming from inside, but nothing ever saved him from his condition. He stayed exactly how he was. He came back the next day. The only difference ever was he had a little more change in his pocket, but that change would always run out and he would have to come back and have someone carry him right back to the same gate the very next day. There was no hope without the name of Jesus for this man. He was destined to live at that gate beautiful forever. There was no strength. The Bible said that there was strength that came into his legs and he began to walk and jump and praise the Lord. Without the name of Jesus, that strength would never have come into his life. There is no miracle without the name of Jesus. I believe it with all my heart, and I believe it's what the Word of God is saying to us tonight. When Peter made the name of Jesus present, the miracle happened. Say amen if you, if you read that. Yes. When Peter made the name of Jesus present, that's when the miracle happened in that man. It is the name of Jesus and faith in the name of Jesus that healed the man. That's Acts chapter 3. It's a pretty good chapter. One thing you have to understand when you're reading your Bible is that just because you turn the page and it says Acts chapter 4, it does not mean that it's a brand new story. Acts chapter 4 continues this story. In Acts chapter 4, the religious leaders and teachers of the law had Peter and John arrested by soldiers in the night. You see, Peter and John were basically there all day doing ministry. What turned into an hour of prayer became a whole day where they are winning people to the Lord. By the way, 5,000 souls were saved that day. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. But at the end of the day, religious leaders became alarmed, and they sent a company of soldiers to arrest Peter and John, and they held Peter and John overnight in prison so that they could question them in the morning. Acts chapter 4, verse 7, speaking of the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, the religious leaders, they had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. Now, I want you to think. You've got the, the scripture behind me. You can already read it. I know everyone online, you've got your Bible right open. You're already reading this, but I want you to think a little bit. I want you to think what kind of question would they bring these disciples? Maybe they would ask, why are you stirring up trouble? You might ask that. Just what do you think you're doing at the temple raising this fuss? They, they might ask that. They, they might ask, can you tell us exactly what happened since you were at this very scene? They could, they could ask that question. But no, they ask this question. By what power 
or what name did you do this? By what power or what name did you do this? Who's present? Well, Annas, the, the high priest, and Caiaphas, and many others were there, well-known names among the religious leaders. These were the very men who falsely accused Jesus in the night and put him on a cross to be crucified. When the crowd started to die down, these are the very men who would rip their clothes and they would shout out loud, crucify him. They had great sway and power. These are men that could have you killed. They've already shown us that. And they look, Peter and John, and they say, by what power or by what name did you do this? Can I tell you that the power and the name of Jesus are the same thing? That when you talk about the name of Jesus, you are talking about the power of God. Can I also tell you, if you want to see the power of God show up, you need to start talking about the name of Jesus. Does that make sense? Now, you might not know this, but that's why you pray in the name of Jesus. That is why every prayer you pray, you pray in the name of Jesus. That's why we have worship songs. We sang one tonight about that there is a wonderful name of Jesus, a beautiful name of Jesus, a powerful name of Jesus. That's why sometimes at church we just clap our hands and we just call out the name of Jesus. That's why we do it. It's because when the name of Jesus is present, the power of God is present. And the Pharisees themselves knew that there was a name present before they were even told there was a name present. And before they had a Bible study on the power of the name of Jesus, they already sensed that there was a power present. By what power? Or by what name did you do this? They knew the miracle had happened, but they claimed to not know by what power or by what name it had occurred. Verse 8, chapter 4 of Acts. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, what do you think Peter's going to do? I want you to think. What do you think Mr. Peter is going to do? He's standing in front of the people that killed his Lord. He is standing in front of these people who could do the same to him and Peter and John and track down the rest of the believers. What is Peter going to do? I'm going to tell you that it doesn't matter who was standing in front of Peter. He does the exact same thing he did in Acts chapter 4 that he did in Acts chapter 3. When he sees a lame man, he is the same Peter and he brings Jesus to that situation. When men are running from the temple trying to figure it out, it is the same Peter. He brings the name of Jesus into it. And when it is spiritual leaders and teachers of the law who are evil men who would kill him if they have the chance, that same Peter brings the exact same message and the exact same name of Jesus Christ right into that situation. 
he says, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, are you ready for it? It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. How was the man healed? Why was the man healed? Somebody help me. It is the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that this man stands healed. Lord, Lord Jesus, let us be so bold today. Peter stood in front of the people who had crucified you, Lord, and told them without hesitation that it was the name of Jesus whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that the lame man was healed. Church, since when has it been okay to become nervous or bashful about the name of Jesus? Since when? We're in the book of Acts. We're in the very beginning of his church. Church of Jesus Christ. We're the church of who? The church of Jesus Christ. How in the world did we ever think it was okay for us to become tight-lipped when it comes to the name of Jesus? How dare we ever think that we need to pipe down nobody wants to hear about our Jesus? How, how, how do we ever come to that conclusion? We live in a culture that becomes uncomfortable with using the name of Jesus with any reverence. Meanwhile, the same culture will use that same wonderful name of Jesus with every irreverent use. Next time you're on Netflix, next time you're on the television, Next time you're on a YouTube video, I want you to take notice to how the world treats the name of Jesus. They are not ashamed to say that name. They are ashamed to say the name with any love and any reverence for the name. They will gladly curse the name. They will gladly make fun of the name. They will gladly take the name of Jesus and try to make it a joke. Church, since when was it okay for us to become embarrassed? about the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, Romans chapter 1, verse 16. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of... The gospel of who? The gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of that name, the Lord Jesus, is the power of God to all salvation. Oh, Christians, we need to be filled with the very same spirit that stood up inside of Peter in Acts chapter 3 and 4. Christians, we need a look at us. We need your attention type of boldness that comes from being a Jesus follower. Christians, we need to be able to look at the power brokers in our culture and declare the name of Jesus Christ. That's what he did to the lame man. That's what he did to the crowd that came running. And that's what he did when he looked at those huge power brokers in the religious world. And they, they were against the name of Jesus. He declared that name to them. 
Christian, you need to be willing. You need to be able to declare the name of Jesus no matter who is standing in front of you. Be it the lame man, be it the crowd that's running, or be it the men that are angry. Peter goes on to say these wonderful words. Chapter 4, verse 12. Now you stop for a moment. If you don't know this verse, this is a verse you need to know. As soon as I said Acts chapter 4, 12, if you are a lover of Jesus Christ, you ought to know that verse. If you don't know the verse, Acts 4.12, if the only reason you understand it is because it is behind me, I want to tell you, you need to get in the Word of God because that Word tells you about the person, Jesus Christ. It tells us about the very source of all power. And Peter looks at Caiaphas. He looks at Annas. He looks at these people who lied on the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says these words, salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. What name is he talking about? Oh, what name is he talking about? Without the name of Jesus, there is no miracle. Now, Peter declares, without the name of Jesus, there is no salvation. Is anybody a fan of miracles? If you're a fan of miracles, you're a big fan of Jesus' name. Is anybody a fan of salvation? If you're a fan of salvation, then you absolutely love the name of Jesus because there is only salvation in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus heals, and the name of Jesus saves. Peter looked at the very men who killed Jesus and dared to utter the name. Oh, Jesus. You ever have an um, associate or a friend, maybe a relative, maybe it's a boss, and you know somebody that they don't like? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And so when you're around them, you try not to bring up you know who, the person they don't like. Right? You got family members that you don't mention other family members too. Uncle Joe. Oh, don't say, don't mention Uncle Joe to Aunt Donna. Because Aunt Donna will just stop everything and we, we won't have another moments of peace because she is going to rail Uncle Joe into the pavement even though he's not in the room. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And you've got a boss that you don't want to bring up a certain name in front of that boss. Because it will agitate them. It will make them so mad. Do you know that these men Peter is talking to are not big fans of Jesus? They 100% rejected him. They lied about him. They saw him do miracles and they heard him teach in amazing ways that put them on their ear. But they did not receive him. Instead, they cried out to crucify him And Peter stands in front of these people, and he brings up the one name they don't want to hear. They would rather hear you bring up Caesar than this name. They would rather you bring up Herod than this name. They would have you bring up all the false gods of Greece and Rome, but don't bring up this name. 
But what happens to a person that is filled with the Spirit of the Lord? What happens to a person who knows him and loves him and follows him? That person says, I don't care if you don't know the name. There's only salvation in that name, and there's only healing in that name, and there is no other name I know than the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, did Peter have guts? Oh, child of God, do we have guts? Oh, do we have that boldness? Do we believe so strongly in the name of Jesus when his name is present and faith in his name is present? Powerful things take place. I already told you about the man that was lame. He's healed. I mentioned 5,000 souls were saved afterward. That's pretty powerful. Now let's go back to the beginning of it all. Let's go back to the beginning of the church. Somebody, y'all better help your pastor. In what chapter of the Bible does the church get born again? Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. That is, do the math, that is two chapters ahead of Acts chapter 4. That is one chapter ahead of Acts chapter 3. So Acts chapter 2, what happens? The Holy Spirit happens. Boom. And then Peter, he stood up with the rest of the 12, and he makes the name of Jesus present. There are some people, we have a family cemetery I go to, and there are these old tombstones that all it says on them are unknown. No one knows anymore who was laid there. That person had a name. Somebody knew that name. And somebody cared enough about that person to take them and bury them in that place. And they knew their names. But guess what? They didn't write down their name. And no one treasured that name any longer. And now when we walk past those graves, my children will ask me, who is buried there? And I'll have to say, Nobody knows their name. There are countless people in the world that no one no longer knows their name because they died and they were buried and no one says their name anymore. That is never to happen to the Lord Jesus Christ. He did die and he was buried and people tried to remove his name, but he rose again. But that's not enough. The people that follow him are so in love with him that they will cause his name to be known forever, that they will lift up and exalt his name forever. Whenever there is a problem, whenever there is fear, they bring up that glorious name, child of God. Do you care about the name of Jesus? Do you worship the name of Jesus? Will you make his name present In Acts chapter 2, some of those people thought Jesus was dead. Peter, on the other hand, brings that name right into the middle of everything that's happening. Can I tell you, you cannot find in his sermon, him name a denomination. In his sermon, you can't have him, he doesn't name any of the 12 apostles. 
Mary is sitting over there. He could have said, let me introduce you to this wonderful person. Let me call her by name down here. No, there is one name that he declares, and it is the only name that heals. It's the only name that saves. Somebody tell me what's that name that he declares in Acts chapter 2. It is the name of Jesus. He makes the name present. And guess what else becomes present? Faith in the name of Jesus Christ becomes present. And how many people are saved in Acts chapter 2? 3,000 souls are added to the church because a man made the name of Jesus present. And he made faith in that name present. Oh, 3,000 souls, Acts chapter 2. 5,000 souls, Acts chapter 4. Saved is the name of Jesus. Faith in Jesus are present. When we look through the rest of the book of Acts, I'll, I'll just hit up to chapter 10 for you. Will you stick with me? Acts chapter 10. Let's go, go from 4. Let's go to chapter 8. In Acts chapter 8, there's a man. His name is Philip. He's running for his life. He's running for his life because he is a follower of He's a follower of Jesus. There's this old black and white TV show called Laurel and Hardy. And Hardy would, would look at Laurel and he would say, well, this is a fine mess gotten into. Blame it on him. I'm telling you, the apostles and these followers of Jesus, they could have looked to Jesus and treated him as such. Well, this is a fine mess that you've gotten us into. They could have said, oh, the, the reason I'm having to run for my life is because of Jesus. Thanks a lot. They could have said that. But instead, Philip, running for his life, runs into a city called Samaria. And it says so very clearly that Philip began to preach who to them? He began to preach Jesus Christ to them. He preached Jesus Christ to those people. Let me tell you, that name of Jesus was more important than his own life. He was running for his life, but he still valued the name of Jesus above his life. And because he brought the name of Jesus present, to a city, and because faith in Jesus became present in that city, guess what? The whole city came to Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 9, there is a killer of Christians. There is a man who is killing Christians. If that man were to walk into this room, I would suggest maybe we run. He is out to kill us. Do you see this picture? It's in Acts chapter 9. This man's name is Saul. And he is traveling in the middle of the desert when out of nowhere a light shines that is brighter than the noonday sun. I don't think you can find a light brighter than the sun in the desert at noontime. But there obviously is something brighter. Because from the heavens shone a great light, 
and it knocked him to the ground, and it blinded him. And this Christian killer named Saul, he says something. He looks up. In, even though he's blind, he cries out to the heavens, and he says these words. He says, who are you, Lord? Now, this is a guy who's supposed to know who the Lord is. But he doesn't. And he cries out, who are you, Lord? And the voice comes back to him. And he hears it. The words are these. I am Jesus. Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus. Oh, and that Jesus tells that blind man where to go. And that man named Saul, he is baptized in the name of Jesus, and he washes away all his sins. The Bible says that when he receives the Lord Jesus Christ and a person named Ananias lays his hands on him and prays for him in the name of Jesus, it says that scales fell off his eyes and he was able to see and he is no longer called Saul. He is called Paul because he now takes that very same Jesus name and makes it present to all the Gentiles. That's in Acts chapter 9 and in Acts chapter 10. Peter, remember him? Peter in Acts 2, that Peter. Peter in Acts 3 and 4, that Peter. That Peter in Acts chapter 10. Praying to the Lord Jesus. When the Lord Jesus sends to him some Gentile men. And Peter goes and he leaves that town and he goes and he preaches to these men. What does he preach? It's not a what, it's a who. Once again, they did not preach a denomination. They did not preach a religion. They did not say any other name in this sermon except the most important name. And he says these words, then that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name. And when he talks about the name of Jesus Christ, in that moment that the name is present, in that moment that faith in the name of Jesus is present, that is when those Gentiles become saved and they're filled with the Holy Ghost. And everybody looks around and says, was that even possible? It's possible, but only if the right name is present. It is possible, but only if the faith in that name is present. That's the first ten chapters of Acts. The name of Jesus is present in every one of them. Throughout the rest of that book, the name of Jesus is present. And faith in the name of Jesus is present in every one of them. I got to ask you today, is his, fa is his name present? Redemption Church, is his name present in his church? Child of God, is the name of Jesus present in you? Is the name of Jesus present in your home? Is it present in your heart? Is it present in your worship? Is faith in his name present to you? When you have a problem, is there... Do you give up and run away? Or does something bubble up in you where you call on the name of Jesus in faith? 
Oh, his name needs to be present. And faith in his name needs to be present. We need to be people of the name of Jesus. We need to love his name. We need to honor his name. His name needs to be the name on our lips. I don't care if anybody knows my name. I want people to know the name of my Savior. I don't care if people know the name of my church. I want people to know the name of my Savior. I don't care what you know about us. I care what you know about the name of Jesus. Oh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 9, speaks this of our Jesus. Therefore, God has exalted him to the highest place and given him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Can we clap for the name of Jesus in this place? Oh, come on, somebody clap their hands for that wonderful name. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11. It had just listed a whole bunch of sin. And it says, and that is what some of you were, but you are washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in what? In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. I'm telling you, without the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I would be exactly who I used to be. But because of his name, I've been washed. I've been sanctified. I've been Born again, and it's not because I finally decided to be a Christian. It's because I received the name that was present. Someone made it present. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and our set. What's the name? That's the name of Jesus. If you are looking for safety, you should be looking for the name. You should make the name of Jesus present, and you should run to that name. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. And whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all. In the name of the Lord, Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. And whatever you do, does that mean there's something you shouldn't? That, that, I mean, this is everything. This is all-encompassing. That everything we do, whatever it is that we do as a Christian, whatever we do as a church, whatever you do as a mom and as a dad, whatever you do as a husband or a wife, Whatever it is that you do, you should do it all in the name of Jesus Christ. I know that we have people in the room. I know we have people watching and listening online. My prayer right now is that we would make the name of Jesus present right where we are. In a few moments, we're going to begin worshiping the Lord together. I want you to make his name present. I want you to sing his name. 
I want you to rejoice in his name. I want you to pray in his name. I want you to declare healing and miracles and victory. And I want you to do it all in his name. I want his name to be present. I also want us to be convicted. His name's not near enough present in our life. His name's not present when we're at work or when we're at school. Oh, would you make the name of Jesus present? And then guess what? Just by doing that, something starts to rise up where you have faith in the name of Jesus. Can you make that faith present? I'm telling you, every time you pray in Jesus' name, that is faith in the name becoming present. We got to do it. I want us to do it. I want us to do it by speaking his name, believing. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray right now for every person listening, every person in this room. Lord, I declare the name of Jesus. I've done my best to rejoice in your name today, and I've done my best to make your name present. Lord, your name is what makes all the difference. If a miracle's gonna happen, it's because your name is present. If someone is saved, it's because your name is present, and faith in your name becomes present. Lord, get a hold of us, stir us up, lift us up. Lord, in Jesus' name, let us be a church. Let us be believers that are so in love with Jesus that we make his name present. In Jesus' name, everybody watching and listening online, make him present right in the room with you. Everybody, let's do that third thing. Let's talk to God in this. For more information about redemption, look us up online at redemption-church.com. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or even our anonymous question text line at 214-856-0550. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed day.